This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. She's serving a life sentence for the murder of eight patients in addition to six counts of attempted murder and aggravated assault. Elizabeth Wetlofer confessed to this back in September 2016, two years after she was fired from a care home for medication errors. But it is only today that she faces a professional misconduct hearing at the College of Nurses of Ontario. Although Wetlofer voluntarily resigned her position as a nurse, the college is the only body that can revoke her license, and presumably that's what they're going to do. At least, that's the explanation of today's proceedings. But to me, the question is, what's the point? And can we learn anything new, anything useful from this? We want to hear from you, especially if you have a loved one in a nursing home. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to Dr. Doris Greenspan, the Chief Executive Officer of the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario, and CARP VP of Advocacy, Wanda Morris. Ladies, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having us. Wanda, are you there? Lovely to be here. Thanks, Libby. Okay, let's start with Doris. So what is the point of today's hearing? Well, as uh, odd as it sounds, uh, the only point I can see about it is that if by any chance uh, Ms. Whitlafer gets pardoned at any point by anybody and gets out of jail, that she doesn't have a license uh, and that she cannot ever practice again. That's the only point. The question is, uh, more importantly, what are we going to learn today, if anything, about what happened in 2014 and what happened in 2016 and perhaps what happened before if there were other complaints? And hence why we are demanding and we are receiving uh, a full public inquiry, which the Premier committed to do. Uh, I'm very curious about the rules. Uh, of the, the college is a self-regulating body, and I have a lot of questions about whether they can protect the public, because uh, uh, the, the nursing home that fired her in 2014 had to report it. But that information was not passed along. Uh, Wanda, what do you have to say about that? Absolutely. I, I think the question here is, is really not about what will the panel do, but what will the what will the college do, but rather why didn't the college act? Why has it taken more than three years for this disciplinary hearing to take place? And, and I'd love to hear uh, Dr. Greenspan's uh, response to that. Yeah. Uh, and I have no good response to that because we have been asking the same. Now, you and I are uh, assuming that nothing happened. Um, hopefully, we will hear different from the college, whether today or on the public inquiry. Uh, and if they, nothing happened, then that's a major, a major problem. 
uh, with this individual that uh, not only was fired but had previous uh, dis- previous uh, complaints, as I understand. Um, the issue here is, uh, you asked the question, Lily, if the college is able to protect the public. Let me say, uh, first of all, that this is an horrendous, horrendous, horrific anomaly, what we have. I don't want uh, your listeners or Wanda or anybody uh, to think that uh, this is happening every day, everywhere in the province, quite the opposite. Uh, nurses go every single day to work, not only wanting to do good, but doing good, and other health professionals too. Um, but the full public inquiry will probably also bring other issues, the issue of reporting, for example. Uh, if I fire someone, today by law, I have no obligation to tell to wonder to you, Lily, when you call as, your, as the next employer uh, in the reference check to tell you that I fired this person. And we believe that that should be mandatory. That if we fire, if someone gets fired, not only that gets reported to the college, but to any future employer during the reference check. I am uh, right and, now, and with, sorry, with the reason as well? Uh, absolutely. I think it should. Absolutely. Because it's one thing to uh, fire somebody for uh, coming late uh, repeatedly and another thing to fire them for medication errors. Uh, absolutely. Or to fire someone uh, for uh, abuse. Absolutely. Right? Or for whatever. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes, with the reasons of why the person was fired. The issue that when you fire someone must be reported to the college requires then the same type of transparency in the reference check from employer to employer. And the question is, and we don't know, right? We do not know what happened during the reference check and how... Was there a reference check? Well, likely, yes. Likely, yes. Employers, for the most, they do. But they vary in the quality of the reference checks, right? Uh, Let me tell you, even at RNO, right? At RNO, which we do not provide direct service, we demand now to bring your uh, degree, the original, because, you know, we had a situation many, many years ago, not with a nurse, with another professional, that the degree was not exactly the degree. Well, good for you. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. and, I think, and I think that that's the type of seriousness we need to have. But if someone was reported to the college and fired, absolutely that should be mandatory to disclose that. So it's not just to share, it's to disclose that to the next employer in the reference check. Um, yeah, right now there's no, uh, I mean, you know, I, I want to keep the, the, my conversation limited to this, but I have to say that I have questions about all these self-regulating bodies, including the College of Physicians, because, frankly, it often seems that they're more there to protect themselves and their reputation than to protect the public. Maybe so, I, I really agree. I think we, we have a real concern here that needs to be addressed. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, reassured by, by Dr. Greenspan's concerns as well, you know, representing the Registered Nurses Association. But if, if, if you at the Registered Nursing Association and, and CARP and, and all the members that we've heard from have these concerns, uh, and yet we've, we've heard silence from the college, we haven't, uh, you know, heard why uh, Wetlaufers wasn't, you know, immediately uh, asked to resign or, or, or had her, her nursing designation revoked. 
you know, if not as soon as the medication errors were uncovered, why a hearing didn't happen in a matter of weeks? And, and so it, two things, Wanda, you're totally right, and hence why we're asking a public inquiry. That, the issues of employers, the issues of colleagues, right? Mandatory reporting yep. from colleagues, the issues of listening to the families, the issues of observing what was happening likely with patients, other patients maybe in the room, Lots of issues that we have questions. Absolutely, yes. Now, let me tell you, because uh, I think you know me by now, and, and we are very transparent and very vocal at Arena on this issue. I do need to tell you that our college, please do not compare it to other colleges, and I don't want to name some, but our college, for, for the most, for the most, is actually super strict. So we are very surprised, and that's why we don't want to speculate. Because maybe, maybe, the, it, there was a disciplinary action that we don't know. I don't know why the college has not disclosed till now. What the college is saying is that they couldn't because the public hearing uh, had not taken place. Now, you know that they are in that room, even though I'm in Wisconsin, my staff is there, right? They are in that room since 9.30 Toronto time. So that is close to three hours. Yep. So likely there has been more than only discussing the horrific killing of these eight patients, which in itself would have taken, right? But the woman is in jail. So how much can you talk about that except of saying it's unprecedented, it's horrific, it's tragic? Well, I want for us to do now justice to it. Justice to it to learn every single thing. And by the way, kudos to CARP in the way that you requested what you want in the public inquiry. We are only adding to your list, uh, Wanda, the issue of, of not only models of funding in long-term care, but staffing patterns. I don't know if you know, and this is not related, this doesn't excuse what happened because likely would have happened uh, even with more events on site if this woman was really psychopath, right? Very, very, very ill. But in day-to-day -day basis, and wonder you know this, uh, the situation of staffing in nursing homes is uh, outrageous. Uh, and, outrageous. And, and it, would you say that part of it is that it is difficult to get somebody to no, do the overnight no, shift? No, 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 no. By legislation, Believe it or not, by legislation, our magnificent province says you ought to have one arena on site. Seriously, by legislation, okay? So, no, it's a problem of funding. It's a problem of what we believe older people, fragile older people. Because you are talking today in nursing homes, People come at 85 plus in very, very complex, fragile conditions with, with cognitive deterioration, with behavioral issues out of aging, not out of nothing else. And we have not kept up with the staffing patterns that are required to attend them in, an, in a humane and decent way, quite frankly. Hmm. Wanda? Well, completely agree with that. And, of course, one of the challenges with the inquiry was how broad do you go? There are, are so many issues that we are hearing about in, in long-term care from uh, you know, system design to, to staffing to uh, you know, code of conduct for individuals that are employed. 
we focused our call on, you know, more specifically on wet lawfer, just to understand how this could happen. But uh, yeah, we need a, a spotlight shone on long-term care in this province. Absolutely. And we are asking for a much broader scope. I think that again, uh, we cannot bring back the tragedy of eight lives murdered uh, and the suffering of their family. And you guys at CARP, by extension, because. Uh, this is the people that you represent every single day, and hence why we want a much broader scope, and we want to leave not only every stone and turn on this horrific situation, but this situation is an anomaly. We want also every stone to be left unturned for everyday realities in long-term care, which are not good because of the funding models and the staffing patterns. Okay, so we I, want all of it. I, I have one more question for you, Doris, before um, we go to the phones. And you mentioned that uh, perhaps uh, your, your staff are finding out inside the hearing this morning, or sat, continuing into this afternoon, that maybe there was some kind of disciplinary action. But if there was a disciplinary action and no one knew about it, what, what good would that have been? Not enough good. And moreover, there is a what's called restriction. Uh, so the College of Nurses of Ontario, our regulatory body, which I speak about the college with respect because for the most, uh, really, it has not failed us in, in protecting the public. And I don't want to assume it happened here. But I can tell you one thing. People can have restrictions. An RN, an RPN, and a nurse practitioner can have restrictions put on her license. And those are public, meaning... You want to know about Doris Greenspoon, you go to the College of Nurses of Ontario website. It's called Find the Nurse. You put Doris Greenspoon, and if that nurse has a restriction, it will say what the restriction is about, right? Okay, well, that sounds like a good idea. Um, I'm but go that's already in the power of the college, and I'm not sure. Again, I don't want to, uh, to um, assume that it didn't happen but that needs to be looked, did it happen, right? Did this woman have a restriction, for example, on no medications, period? Nurses do medications every single day. Did she have a restriction? Well, um, we will have to touch base when we find out. I want to take a couple of calls. Uh, Doris, I know that uh, you have to go. Do, is there anything else you would like to leave us with? I can stay for seven minutes, and then I have a... Okay. a Another interview, yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll go to uh, the phones for a few minutes. We've got Sam in Brantford. Hi, Sam. How you doing, Libby? Fine. Uh, I'm very, very annoyed. I spoke to you about this uh, a few months ago, uh -huh. and I have come to the conclusion, I've been busting my head up against the wall to figure out why this is going on. And the reason why it's going on is the stupid privacy issues, okay? The only people that are protecting themselves is the government. Because if this woman would, would be not allowed to get another job anywhere else, she would be on welfare for the next 30 years. And this is the reason why the, the, uh, uh, the, the old age home or retirement home was not able to get any information on where this woman worked last and her uh, work record. Okay, well, you, you, you have a few things uh, uh, mixed up there, that it wasn't the government, uh, that uh, all of this discipline is handled by what is known as a self-regulating college. It's uh, the College of Nurses of Ontario. Yeah, You've but just somebody been... would have to pay for her welfare. 
Well, if she couldn't get a job anywhere, she, somebody would have to pay for her welfare. So they covered it up. Well, That's my opinion. Well, okay, but we don't we don't know what happened. We're hoping to find out what happened. And well, I think I, personally, I think it's way too late now to find out what happened. We know what happened. It's obvious. I worked for 42 years, and when I applied for a job, the first thing they said was, "Where where where did you work before?" And they notified that company where I worked before. So it wasn't hidden before. Why is it hidden now? Okay. Well. Uh Thanks for your call, Sam. Bye-bye. I'm very annoyed at this system. Very, very annoyed. Okay. Well, um, I think that uh, Doris's idea of making all of this public is probably a very good one. Let's go to Diane in Dunville. Hello, Diane. Oh, hi there. Um, yes, uh, I'm, I'm calling in regard to the um, reflection this might have on the rest of the nurses that are so caring and so dedicated and and I'd say oh, I probably. think everybody knows that mm. nurses do generally an amazing job. I, I exactly. really, they care for us from the, from when we're from where we come in and when we go out of this world. Exactly. But on the other side too, you got to know too that during the spring they tried to get post traumatic stress um, compensation. Now the firefighters and the police and a lot of other people get it, but that wasn't recognized in court, and they'll be back in court fighting for that, which is. Um, phenomenal because I mean obviously they're right there watching a lot of horrendous things and uh, um, they suffer post-traumatic stress probably more than most of us because they see a lot of unusual and bad things happen and painful uh, suffering uh, but on the other this uh, sorry I think Doris wanted to respond to that yeah, okay well, uh oh, something's funny no. with that line. Uh, I'm going to no. let Diane go and we'll see if Doris can respond. Doris? Yeah. Try it again. Okay. Uh, Doris doesn't seem to be coming through, but Libby, maybe maybe yeah. I can just say a couple of things. I, I think absolutely. Hello? Hello? Okay, Doris, go ahead and yeah, then we'll sorry. get back to Wanda. Yeah, sorry. So uh, to the gentleman before first, I do not think that no one, no one will uh, not prohibit a person from working because of the person being in welfare. I really do not uh, think that that ever I have heard a situation like that. I think something here went astray and we need to see all the pieces that went wrong. And, and, and now to the caller now, absolutely yes, nurses, as I said before, and also other people go every day to work, not only wanting to do good, but doing good. Um, and, and, and here something went very wrong. And yes, in addition to this, the conditions in nursing homes in terms of staffing, etc., need to improve. As it relates to the issue of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, that is the government, absolutely. And we are... Uh, ongoingly now pushing uh, Minister Hoskin, we are pushing the Minister of Labor, uh, we are pushing the Premier that nurses absolutely need to be included in PTSD because they are suffering um, tremendously, uh, whether it is in emergency rooms or whether it is what they see in ICUs or whether it is uh, whether it, uh, what they many times experience in other settings like psychiatry, etc. So that will need to happen. And I have been told by the Premier it's herself that it will happen. The question is why, and it needs to happen now. 
Okay, uh, let's go to Clay in Ajax. Hi, Clay. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad. I, I think I've mentioned to you before, police investigating police, doctors investigating doctors, nurses investigating nurses. It's a bunch of baloney. You know it and I know it. Now they're going to spend, how much money are they going to spend doing an investigation into this deal with uh, the woman that killed all those people? And what are they going to do, take her license away, Libby? It's a joke. Why are they wasting money? It's stupid. It's like, it's like the guy in, in the paper today, the, uh, the man that ran over the, the man on the bicycle, he got four years in jail, and he lost his license for six years. He should have lost his license for ten years because he's going to be in jail for four years. You know, like, I mean, this, this college of nurses investigating nurses, it's, it's baloney. They always protect their own. It's like the teachers. They have a bad teacher. What they do is they send them to another school. It's called taking out the trash. And any of the teachers that are listening, they'll tell you that. Okay, that's your opinion. Uh, we've heard Doris say that she does have trust in the college and is hoping uh, that we will uh, learn something useful. But, uh, Clay, we hear you. Let's go to Anne in Kitchener. Hello, Anne. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Uh, you're a very intelligent person to speak with uh, or uh, to listen to on the radio. Thank you. Uh, in, in regards to the Elizabeth Wetlawfer case that's going on, uh, and I've just been uh, asked to go to just jury panel, and I've tried to get my way out of it. I've looked it up, see how many ways I can get out of it. I actually, on the return form, filled out the sheet, and told people uh, and requested or wrote in there that I'm dealing with uh, my mother, who's 82 years old, needs a lot of help, uh, two children on top of it, and uh, ha try to keep a part-time job on top of it. So really, even made a mistake, not intentionally, on, on filling out the form, uh, sent in the form, uh, and... Uh, found out through computer automation that I was still selected to go sit in a jury panel for on a Monday for uh, oh, from 9 does, to does, 5 and maybe selected or not. And I don't have the time, effort, and energy. When I'm listening to this case of this woman being accused pretty much and admitting, and sh she has admitted, to killing seven to nine people, Am I supposed to go in there and go, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty or you're guilty until proven is innocent? Oh, this, this, is, this is right now before the college. Uh, it's, this, is, this case is over and done with. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, and now she's yeah. in civil court. So that's she's not, sued. that's not, no, she, uh, not as far as I know. Uh, so that's not something that you would have to deal with. And thanks for your call. Uh, Beth in Mississauga. Um, yes, hi, Libby. Um, I'm not sure if this has been discussed um, on your program this morning because I just sort of tuned in, but um, there was a situation, it was in the October 5th, 2016 National Post, uh, where a nurse stole opioid painkillers and other drugs um, and uh, at a Toronto hospital for seven years, she risked harming the patients by doctoring the records and the cover-up. And then she was ordered to be rehired by the facility. And it was several days later, I think, that the wet law case came out. And it was, uh, they were sort of like, well, you know, how could this happen? Well, if a nurse is rehired after stealing drugs, you know, <laughs> you sort of say, well, this is how it happened. 
Um, you know what? I'm uh, not really familiar with that case. Let's uh, let's go to uh, Wanda and Doris. But uh, that's a very interesting point that sometimes there are orders like that. Beth, thanks for your call. Ladies, do you have any comment on that? Sure, it's it's Wanda speaking. I think there's there's always a balance that we want to play. You know, we want to make sure that we protect you know reasonably the the privacy of an individual. Make sure they that they have a fair hearing. But of course, balanced against that is the very great need to protect the public. And it just seems that with these self-regulatory organizations, that that balance has been uh, put a bit askew. And I, I am you know very concerned for the public when when so, decisions happen. Uh, so. If I may uh, answer to that, uh, I would suggest, and I can only speak for the College of Nurses of Ontario because I have tons of experience uh, with that college in particular, uh, that the balance has not been skewed. There is only one situation where we, the association, has openly asked that it be stripped from any regulatory body, any, and it's the issue of sexual abuse. And the reason why we ask uh, when the Committee on Sexual Abuse by Mary Lou McFedron, the senator, um, happened that we are asking that it not be with the regulatory bodies because of the imbalance of power. Uh, it is very difficult for people to uh, come forward with uh, experiences of sexual abuse uh, and to investigate them, if it is within the hands of a regulatory body. Uh, we have seen it in particular with the College of Physicians and Surgeons, uh, but it, with any college. And we have asked the government, uh, so far the government has decided not to do so, but we asked the government that it be moved to Christine Elliott, the patient ombudsman, or to a separate body altogether, so that people that experience sexual abuse in the hands of any health professional uh, can come forward, not within the regulatory body of those professionals, because it's very difficult to make a complaint of that type. Uh, otherwise, we have seen our college uh, taking serious action uh, in a very strict way with nurses uh, on all kinds of situations, including on sexual abuse in the case of nurses, but we wouldn't ask just for one professional to remove from from the college, so we ask for all of them. Okay. Um, ladies, thank you very much for that. Uh, that's all the time we have for this. I'm going to want to uh, revisit it this if we see uh, that there has been useful information coming out of this hearing uh, for now. Doris, Dr. Doris Greenspoon. No worries. Thank you very much for joining us. Very interesting conversation. And of course, Wanda Morris, VP of Advocacy for CARP. Bye-bye, ladies. Thank you, Lillian. I hope you will have us back also for the public inquiry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.